John's Gospel in chapter 8, verse 36. If therefore the Son shall set you free, ye shall be really free. I wonder, dear friends, if you are free. There was a young man we're told about in Luke's Gospel. He was living in a good house and he had a good father. But one day he said to his father, I want to have what? My inheritance, I want to have my share of the things that belong to me and do my own thing. And the father gave him what he was due. And that young son, he went away into a far country. He went a long way off. He said, I'm free. I can do what I want to do. I can go where I want to go. I can do what I want to do with my money. Was he free? Well, he found after a while that all his money had gone, all his goods had gone. And the friends that he thought he had, they melted away. And he found he was in want. He realised he wasn't really free. He found that he had to work for other people. He found that he was hungry and had nothing to live for. And he realised that those, even the servants in his house, They were freer than he was. They were blessed. They had what they needed. And he decided that he would repent. He would go back to his father and say, I've made a big mistake. I've sinned. And I'm not worthy to be called thy son. That was someone who thought he was free. Maybe you think you're free. Maybe you think that a lot of the restrictions people impose on you are unnecessary. Some of the Jews, they thought they were free even though they had Roman governors. They had to do what the Romans said. These ones that Jesus was speaking to here, they thought they were free. They were Abraham's children, but in fact they had Roman rulers, and they had to do what the Romans said. And their religious leaders, they had to do what they said too. They were not really free. And maybe you think you're free. But I think it's true to say that we're, if we're still on our sins, we're bondmen to sin. And that's what we're told in the Bible. Hebrews, it speaks about Jesus as he might set free all those who through fear of death through the whole of their life were subject to bondage. You may think you're free, you may do what you want now, but how is your relations with God? Are you right with God? Do you fear death? Men say, well, after death there's nothing. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that after death, the judgment. So you need to be right with God now. And that's what Jesus had to say. He said, if the Son shall set you free, that's a reference to himself, you will be really free. People they might think they're, f- they're free, but they problems with their health. They're in bondage. They aren't able to do what they want. Others might be imprisoned on account of their faith, or imprisoned because they've done things wrong. Everyone needs to be set free, and it's need to be set free from our sins. Because... If we examine ourselves, and the Bible tells us very bluntly how things are, it says all have sinned. So if you look back over your history, 
If you're honest with yourself, you'll find that you have not done God's will. You've done the things that please you, the things that you want to do. Just as that young man I told you about in Luke 15, he went off to do what he wanted to do. He thought he would be free. He could manage without taking account of God. But none of us can afford to do that because, as everyone knows, after your life here, it'll end at some point. Don't know when it is. Don't know how long it'll be. But at some point, your life here will end and you'll have to give an account to God. And if you're still in your sins... It speaks about then the judgment. But the point that Jesus, about Jesus and what he did and who he was, is the fact that he he can set you free. Really free. If the Son shall set you free, you will be really free. How is that? Well, Jesus came to deal with the sin question about my sins and your sins, the things that we've done wrong, the things that we displease God, and the things we can't do anything about because you can't buy your redemption with money or works or or, uh, possessions. You can't do anything of that nature. You need a saviour. And that's why Jesus came, because that he might save you and me from our sins. That we might, he might set us free from, from the power of Satan and our sins and of death. All the things that hold us and would prevent us being in God's presence, enjoying what God has to provide. Jesus came to deal with that. And how did he deal with it? Perhaps you know the story already about Jesus coming to the time of year when many people remember the birth or speak about the birth of Jesus. Children do plays at school and so on. Now Jesus was laid in a manger, a little babe. And then people forget how Jesus grew up, doing what was right, doing God's will. They forget about how he started his public service about the age of 30 and he went about doing good, healing the sick, stilling the winds and the waves, feeding the 5,000, healing lepers, making the blind to see. Many wonderful things that Jesus did when he was here. It demonstrated that it was no ordinary man, but rather God manifest in flesh, God's son. In essence, God himself. And he came to show what was pleasing to God. And he did it in all all his actions and all his thoughts. says in him there was no sin different to every one of us and Jesus laid down his life that there might be that God might have a righteous basis to forgive us
Jesus was going to take at the cross. He took upon himself all the judgment, all God's wrath, that you and I might go free. God laid on him the iniquity of us all. God laid on Jesus my sins. And Jesus, the holy, righteous one, bore that judgment there. So that punishment that should have fallen on me is the guilty one, the sinner, the one who had failed, the one who had not done God's will. It was laid on Jesus there on the cross. That babe that was laid in the manger grew up and there they took him and led him outside Jerusalem and crucified him. And Jesus went that way, not because he had sinned, no, he was a sinless one. But he went that way that he might might bear that judgment, exhaust that judgment that you and I might have our sins forgiven, or could have our sins forgiven. And the question is, are your sins forgiven? Do you know whether they're forgiven? God doesn't want you to be in doubt about the efficacy and the, the completeness of what Jesus has done. He wants you to believe in him and trust him. The sun shall set you free, you shall be really free. All sorts of things are promised by politicians or, or um, heads of companies or head teachers or whatever. They all promise that they'll do this and that and the other. But they cannot set you free from your sins. Their, their plans often have to be changed. They often fail. How much failure there is in this world. But when we look at Jesus, we see perfection. We see no failure. Jesus did all that the Father had given him to do. God sent him to make, make atonement for sin. And Jesus did that when he went to the cross. He went willingly, though men took him, wrongly condemned him, falsely accused him, mocked him and beat him, and led him outside Jerusalem, having scourged him. All these things they did to Jesus. And Jesus could have spoken a word, and they would have fallen away backward. He could have commanded twelve legions of angels, and those men could have been um, killed just like that. But Jesus didn't use that power that he had. He went the way of the meek and lowly one, one who willingly accepted what was laid upon him. It says they led him outside Jerusalem and there they crucified him between two robbers. That's what men thought of Jesus, the one who had done all these wonderful things. They led him outside Jerusalem and crucified him. You might just naturally say that's an outrage, that that should happen. And it was it's the most dreadful thing that ever happened, most awful thing. But God allowed it because your sins and my sins 
they are so terrible that if God was to bless us, that penalty had to be paid. There had to be a righteous basis before God could forgive you and me us my sins. If you were to go free, then someone else couldn't go free. Jesus had to go the way of the cross. And he did. That's the wonderful news of the glad tidings. Jesus has been to the cross. He has suffered there, but he has come, <coughs> he's now not only been in the tomb, but he's come out of the tomb and is now in the glory at God's right hand. Alive to die no more. Jesus told his disciples several times, it's recorded for us, the Son of Man must go up to Jerusalem and there will be rejected and then crucified and then the third day raised from among the dead. That's why we can have hope and joy is that Jesus has been into the tomb but he's come out triumphant. Having dealt with the the sins and iniquities we can preach salvation, blessing, freedom, forgiveness of sins. When Jesus was on the cross, it says, after those hours of darkness, three hours of darkness, when he dealt with, suffered for our sins there, it says he delivered up his spirit. And a bit later, they didn't want the bodies to remain on the cross so they sent soldiers and when they to see if he was already dead and one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear callous action just jabbed it into a dead body and it says out flowed the blood and water why is that important? well the Bible tells us God's word There's no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. And Jesus' blood was shed. In that action, by that soldier, it revealed God's love. The wonderful provision is made for you and for me. You can have your sins forgiven if you'll trust in Jesus. Because Jesus' blood has been shed. And I can tell you, just as the Apostle did in in his epistle, that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If you're trusting in Jesus, you needn't worry that one or two have got, been forgotten and that God will raise them to you about. God is satisfied with what Jesus has done. And how do you know? Jesus has been raised from the grave. He was laid in the tomb and they rolled a stone in front of it and then put soldiers in guard and then the third day, his women came to the tomb and they found the stone was rolled away and it was an empty tomb. Jesus was no longer there. No, no one had stolen his body. The stone was rolled back to show that Jesus had been raised from amongst the dead. There were the cloths folded there and the linen Two cloths folded there. There would be no struggle. Jesus had come out triumphant. And 
and in raising Jesus from amongst the dead, God showed that he was perfectly satisfied with all that Jesus had done. And so that work, if you're trusting Jesus, to simply come to him in repentance, acknowledge that you're a sinner and you need a saviour, and ask Jesus to save you, he would gladly do so. And his blood, as I say, is sufficient to cleanse you from every sin. So you've no need to worry about anything being raised against you. God laid it all on Jesus. And the blessing is available to you today if you will simply trust him. And that's why he could say, if the Son shall set you free, you shall be really free. Nothing to be raised against you. When that judgment day comes, when, when you're <coughs> taken off this scene, when you have to give an account, can you point to the blood of Jesus and say, that's made my peace with God? That's the only safe way. Otherwise, it just lead to judgment and banishment from God forever. But for those who are trusting in Jesus... Those who are under the shelter of that precious blood can be assured that they're completely free and set and uh, there's nothing that God will raise against them. So God has wonderful blessings in mind for those uh, who belong to Jesus. The Apostle in Romans 8, he says, There is now then no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and of death. Completely free. The Apostle knew that he was set free. Do you know you're set free? If you don't know whether you're set free, if you don't know Jesus as Saviour, then tonight is the time to put your trust in him. So many things just happen. People are in car accidents. People suffer illnesses. People just pass away. So tonight is when you need to make sure that that great transaction with Jesus is done. Not to put it off. Don't wait until another day because we don't know when that will be. But simply put your trust in Jesus and you can be free free from your sins, free from death and, and at liberty in God's presence. That's what Jesus meant when he said the free, you can be really free. The son you set you free, you should be really free. What a wonderful thing it would be, dear friends, if everyone here was free of their sins and were trusting in Jesus. Well, there's no need for anyone to delay, no need for anyone to put it off, no one need for anyone to miss it out because today is the day of salvation. Now is the well-accepted time, the Bible tells us. And whether you realise it or not, the Bible is a very wonderful thing because it's God's word to us. It's been preserved to us and many of the things that God has done during during the time of uh, the earth has been here are told to us but the one of the most wonderful things it tells us about is Jesus God's son 
the one that God has provided as a remedy for your sin and mine. And so Jesus said, if I shall set you free, the Son shall set you free, you will be really free. May each one here trust him. And if they're still holding back or doubting whether, whether Jesus would accept you, I can assure you, even the little children, he says, don't hinder them, let them come to me. No one's beyond the help of the gospel while it's the, still the day of grace. And so tonight, everyone here can have that blessing and assurance of peace with God and their sins forgiven if they trust Jesus. May it be so for his name's sake. Amen.